Hey everyone, Austin Swanson here, aka 24-7, bringing a brand new video on Cardlytics and my thoughts following Q2 2021 earnings and the associated price declines, which I think uh, the day after earnings, it was around up to like 29%. Um, and the market, as the market closed today, uh, the market cap was 2.83 billion or, or approximately. Uh, I, was, I started doing this write up yesterday and I was like, oh, can I get it done before tomorrow in case there was a major rebound? Uh, then I'll be like, this was for nothing. Uh, but I guess luckily there wasn't a price uh, incline or increase. But as I'll talk about, I guess, I mean, I, just to even jump into this and do a quick summary, there was nothing that concerned me, right? And that led to an actual buying opportunity. And as I'll get into it here later, you might be like, okay, well, this is the same price or market cap. Uh, I mean, give or take, there was some issue in the shares, but relatively, it's around the same as it was back in May. It was the same as back uh, during COVID, or early early period of COVID, same pre-COVID. I mean, we've seen this price a lot, right? This isn't crazy. Uh, it's only crazy or, or a larger decline in relation to the past, right? Uh, but as things change, you might have other holdings increase, and so it becomes an opportunity to rebalance. Um, you might come into other ca uh, cash positions, um, or the value of the company has increased, and so it becomes just even more attractive in relation to the current price. So um, as an introduction, I wasn't planning on even doing this write-up. Uh, I listened to earnings. I read the reports, the present, watched the, or looked at the presentations. Nothing jumped out to me as shocking. Um and I actually, I mean, I, we'll get into it. I don't want to jump ahead too much. Um, but I just given the size of the price decline, I thought, hey, it might be worthwhile to sit down, think about the company, think about the situation, see if I'm missing something, and just kind of re, have a nice like little reassessment. And by writing it down first, I you know I don't make the jumps like I do in my head, and so I have to think from get from point A to point B without you know skipping anything. I have to go through all the little uh, sub spots. And so I, I'm, I actually enjoyed this, this thought process. I didn't know if I'd have enough to, you know, even put down a paper and then release. Uh, I usually try to aim for like 1500 words and I think this might be around 3000. So there was enough to talk about. <laughs> uh, so again, quick summary, nothing jumped out to me about the long-term value of the company changing uh, based on Q2 earnings to justify the price decline. Um, if anything, I think it should increase based on some information such as uh, with DOSH and 14 new neobanks. 14? Like, I didn't even know there was that many. <laughs> uh, I'm always worried about the more uh, significant size ones. One interesting thing, thing to note, and I didn't put this in here, I guess, uh, but with Cardlytics, if you compare, like, Berkshire Hathaway A shares, I've done the analysis before, but if you take the float divided by the average volume, the holding period is, like, crazy, right? People aren't selling that uh, very often. They're holding it for the long term. But if you do the same analysis for a company like Cardlytics, the average holding period is something like three to four months, if you can use you know, the flow divided by the average volume, if that works. Uh, it seems to be a good assessment of that. And so most people, the, the holding period, I know you're gonna have, I mean, this is with float, and, and I use float even in terms of uh, you know, larger investors taking up some of the shares, but it seems like the case that most people are holding this for the short term. So it kind of makes sense that you know, going into a new earnings, if earnings weren't what people expected, then afterwards they're selling, right? So maybe that's not the, the most appropriate way to think about it, but I like throwing out ideas for other people just to to challenge it because I'd like to correct my, how I'm thinking about things or it just opens up the uh, the option or the, 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 the ability for other people to take that information and think differently. Uh, so although MAUs were reported down, like I mean, <laughs> they were like, it, the, the decline was so small. I mean, so small. Uh, 
I actually think having users are, if they're not now, they are going to be significantly higher to the point that people I think will be shocked if my assessment's right. So based on the definition of MAUs that Carly Oaks used, and I think I have it pulled up. Hang on one second. So let me just read this. MAUs. We define MAUs as the targetable customers or accounts that have logged in and visited online or mobile application containing offers from uh, open an email containing offers from or redeemed an offer from Car from the Carlinus platform during the monthly period. So there's two important things here. One, it's only talking about Carlytics platform, so not Dosh. Uh, and, and so Venmo is powered by Dosh. And so I would say that's the Dosh platform. I don't know, they might be calling them the same, um, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know. And so in anyways, the, the other key aspect was that it says logged in and visited an online or mobile application containing offers. Not that they even saw them or that it was just that, hey, they are using a mobile application and there's offers there. So right now with Venmo, I've talked about this at length, but right now with Venmo, offers are only limited to people, like you only have the couple QR codes, which are, that gets interesting. Those are powered by Dosh. But the whole offer section that's similar to the Cardlytics platform, uh, those are only people with debit cards right now. That's it. And so as that expands, which is exactly what they talked about during Investor Day, as that expands, there's like 70 million users, give or take. I'm not sure how they're going to quantify that or match that up for uh, Cardlytics. But if it's 70 million, that's a lot. That's a lot that's going unaccounted. I could be thinking about this wrong. I, I don't know if I am. Uh, but that's why when I hear people and I see people, they're like, oh my gosh. MAUs went from 168 to 167. It's like, <laughs> do you see this opportunity here? Like, this is what we're worried about. And so, and if it is, and that's why, uh, you know, there's a 29% price decline. Despite it actually, there's actually going to be more, there's 14 new neobanks. I mean, this just gets so interesting. So uh, despite not hitting the short-term guidance by management, uh, I mean, there's, there's like, I'm monitoring things that are going to matter, you know, one to two years from now. I mean, I'm worried about 10 years from now. And is this company still going to be around? But within the next like two years, what we should be able to see, and that's not something we're going to see this year based on management comments, is the new user interface getting rolled out to all banks. Uh, more adoption and utilization by advertisers with the self-service platform and then notifying those users with enhanced uh, notifications. These are the things that, until those happen, I'm kind of ignoring what's going on right now because that will be the real test and that is what is needed for Carlytics to become uh, in uh, its full value. It's at least, it'll at least get them on the right path. Now, if all those things happen and we're seeing, you know, uh, a major bank drop off, we're seeing less offers on your platform, we're seeing lower ARPU levels um, after enough time to get an appropriate assessment, I will be concerned. Then I'll be concerned. Okay, so interesting thing I, I like to think about is the Bayesian inference, or you'll hear the Bayesian theorem, which is essentially using probability and having conditional proper probabilities. Uh, but what Bayesian, the inference aspect is, is you get new information and you can adjust your probabilities. Now those probabilities are useful because we have all these different scenarios or different things that can happen and we can use those probabilities on those scenarios uh, and that scenario could be an intrinsic value of that scenario. You assign the probability, attach it to that, that's an expected value. That expected value between all this, and you can take the sum of all of them, of all the different scenarios using the probabilities, sum them all up, you have an expected value, you can compare that to the price, 
you have it, and then you can use that and compare it uh, to you know with other variables, uh, and then compare it to other investment opportunities. Uh, I mean, for for instance, if you came up with an expected value of two and the price was one, uh, and then everything else has expected values of one and the price is one, well, this is way more attractive than everything else, and so on an opportunity cost basis, and you have to factor in other you know important variables that I don't know if I talk about here. Uh, but I have in the past of how I think about everything. But it's all about opportunity cost. Why have money here when you could have it here? And this is what you know, even adjusting for probabilities. And we'll talk about that a lot more here. But but essentially, why this is important and how I frame uh, I, I think about it. And I try to lay this out really, you know, as best I can in, in this write up. And so that please, this is the first link, um, and you can read into this in detail if I don't get it to everything. But usually, okay, there's usually one or two important factors. Um, that you can track. And if those things improve, then the business improves. Um, and so those are things I'm looking for. And, and you can also factor that in terms of probabilities. But the other thing besides just probabilities is as you get new information, you can adjust your intrinsic value calculation. So for Cardlytics, MAUs, if that increases, your intrinsic value should probably increase. Um, in some situations, new information may conflict with our underlying uh, thesis. And so it can decrease probabilities adversely. And then we might have to make major buy or sell decisions or, or you might just have to completely sell the position. Um, in other situations, and this is why I talk about this, we get new information such as Q2 2021 earnings and it's almost irrelevant. There is nothing that changes the probabilities or if there's nothing that's changing the assessment of intrinsic value. If anything, it's increasing. And so I mentioned that because as you get new information, it could be investor data, it could be earnings calls, it could be uh, just some announcement, it could be you looking at your phone and the offers that you're getting, you're talking to other people, I mean, it could be anything. And it's all this is you're collecting information, you adjust the probabilities as you go and uh, assign that and apply it to your ex expected value. As some information, I, I put it in here. I have worked and studied as an actuary for a long time and this is like just what you do constantly uh the simplistic thing is if if at time zero you have no information of the future you're 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 a, uh, a male so you have a certain set of probabilities of how you're going to live different than a female and you're trying to say hey what's your expected value of how you're going to live you will forecast all out um based on those probabilities and uh and you get an expected value let's say that's age 75. well when you get to age 70 you now collect you outlived all those ages going up to 70. And so you have new information. Wow, this person is has done really well. They've lived this long. So we can use Bayesian inference. Have we, we say, given that we've lived up to 70, what's our new expected age? And it's likely, it might be something higher. It might be something like 80. And so that's the same thing we're doing here. Um, long background information. Uh, I already discussed, you know, we're getting, you know, as new information gets released, it can have neg negative progression. Um, but the other thing is to keep a wider lens. So many people are saying, oh, quarter over quarter, uh, uh, a less than 1 million decline. I don't even know what that percentage is. I mean, it's, le it's really small. Uh, but that I'm really worried about that MAU decrease. But if you take a wider lens, if you're, if you're not investing quarter over quarter, boy, I, I usually try to be very calm and try to be, you know, so it's, I, get, I, I get pumped up and excited about this, I guess. Um, but if you take a wider lens and we look at this, over since the beginning of 2019, I mean, we're up nearly 60 million uh, MAUs. That's significant. And so, and then you start factoring in Venmo, goes up even more. Uh, but in order to do this and to be able to adjust, you need to have an established valuation method 
at first, and then you adjust based on your information. So what I'm going to do is go through some just quick uh, reverse discounted cash flow analysis or values. And what I like to do is I like to go back and back into uh, the consumer incentive redeemed rather than average revenue per user. The reason for that is I can go to myself, my wife, my friends, family, other people, and say, hey, how much uh, have you redeemed? I have something I can actually compare it to and know if it's even uh, reasonable, right? If I said, if I go through the valuation, and let's say the market cap is so high, it's so overpriced, and I back it in, and I see an average consumer uh, redeemed of 10,000, <laughs> just something crazy. Always think in terms of extremes. It makes the point easier. Well, then you're like, well, compare all the other social media platforms and other uh, businesses that rely on advertising revenue. Uh, this would never happen. And so this is, this is truly overvalued. But then when you do it, and you get something crazy, like, this might be a little small, but $1.47 over an entire year, it doesn't seem that crazy. It doesn't seem that crazy at all. And you might notice, so right now, this, this current valuation is using $237 million NAUs. I am using uh, Venmo in this calculation. Um, I and, and this will be all online, uh, so you can go into detail with everything, but essentially take the MAUs, uh, times by consumer incentive redeemed, times up by revenue to get to total revenue, but then we have to pay the banks, so we have 40% gross profit margin, uh, pay employees and other operating expenses. I'm, I'm using about 200 million. That might be way too high, but we're assuming 10 years from now. Um, I pay taxes. I'm just using, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm ignoring state taxes using 20 times cash flow multiple. Uh, I talked about at length why I actually do like cash flow multiples because I'm thinking about it in terms of the discounted cash flow future present, uh, or discounted cash flow and bring it back, back to today. Um, and then same thing using that same underlying or implied discount rate that's factoring in the risk-free rate plus an equity risk premium minus the growth rate. Um, I'm using that discount rate to get back to, to today. But I use all that to back in to that $1.47. And so in my eyes, can, can all users, this is 100% engagement um, and utilization, well, all users can they use $2. That's just one offer. I mean, that's that's one Kindle purchase, one, one going out to eat at a quick service restaurant, um, going one retailer, filling up your gas one time, and as more offers get on the platform, and there's offers that are actually relevant and interesting to a person, and they can notify them about it, and they see this nice user interface, and they understand it, can they get a $1.43? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. And maybe not. And if not, then this you're right. I, sh I shouldn't hold this company. Uh, but one might say, well, the engagement level is never going to cross 20%. Well, if you gross that up, then you get to a $7.35 for the engaged users. This is what the current uh, market cap implies. Um, and again, that's just a single offer. So all to say, is that reasonable? Yes. Is it super crazy and makes it so that the current market price is way too much? No. Um, not in my eyes. If anything, I think this is just ridiculously low for 10 years from now. I just, I can't see this happening. Even more so, you compare it to what I've redeemed, I am biased, but I, it, and I say biased, but I'm also an engaged user. I'm aware of the offers and I'm engaged. Um, I've done $80. My wife, I think it's 70. Uh, my, uh, I have friends that have been $20. I mean, th that's just not even, I mean, if the implied one right now is $1.47, I mean, that, <laughs> you see why I get excited about this. So ignoring Venmo because someone was going to say, no, nope, that's never going to happen. Or maybe it doesn't happen. You can get to $2. So again, it's just even still, you could say, oh, your other one was too much because of Venmo. 
$2 is what's implied by the current market cap. Uh, one thing I thought about when I, you know, I've talked about this in the past, but it's kind of fun to think about, but it's almost as if the market cap is so low. <laughs> and I know everyone's over here. Like I, on Twitter, I was like, I was like uh, trying to push some buttons. I was like, gosh, if Carlitos goes any lower, I think Ben Graham would be interested in this. And I, I think I did even get one, one person to be like, hey, you can't say that. That makes no sense. That was the joke. But he did invest in Geico. And I want to know what the numbers were at the time of purchase because that, 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 that's a little more interesting one. Anyways, an interesting valuation thing to think about is if Dosh or even just Venmo can explain the current market cap and the whole other Carlitics business is the optionality piece. I mean, technically, it's Carlitics is the underlying value or the underlying business. It can explain the market cap and then Venmo's the optionality piece. But I'd like to invert that because then it's like the margin of safety is just ginormous. And I've talked about this in the past, have write-ups, have all the information on Venmo. But if you do a reverse discounted cash flow analysis, um, on this, and I have all the links in the description on how I get these numbers, uh, but it's only $2.61. It's higher than the other ones of just the Carlytics space because MAUs are lower, but there's a smaller revenue share, so there's higher gross profit margins. And so um, on this one, it's, it's, it's closer because I'm not allocating all the operating expenses. So if you all allocate all of Carlytics operating expenses, um, it's, it's only $4. So I'm, I, what all this is to say, the current market cap could be explained by just Venmo. Not even all Dosh and their 14 other uh, neobanks are using. Like, I feel like I'm not even hitting this home. Like, or, or maybe, maybe I'm just so wrong about this that that's why this is just, it's so crazy. You know, you start sitting there and you go to your head, it's like, no one else is talking about this. Am I crazy? Am I, am I, am I so wrong about this? Maybe, right? Maybe. Uh, maybe that the probability is kind of high. But it's, so fun to think about, and I'm using conservative assumptions here. I mean, I mean, 20 cash flow multiple for a business like this. Um, MAU growth of five percent for Venmo. I, I mean, it's been so much higher than that. And so it's like to say that the current market cap is only assuming that the Venmo Venmo alone would like can, can justify all of this for a four dollar consumer incentive redeemed. I mean, that's what. So about eight dollars of ARPU. I mean, that's less than other social media networks. And if this is supposedly a better platform, I mean, boy, interesting. <laughs> uh, so one thing you can do is you can take, uh, if you want to use this for assessing in terms of value, you could come up with your own assumption for consumer incentive redeemed, apply a probability to it, take the remaining probability, assign that to the scenario where carbon goes to zero, and then you have an expected value. So I've done this. I just thought, hey, what if someone could redeem one offer a month at, you know, if it's a $10 offer at 10%, then that is $1 redeemed. I mean, it might be a little bit different uh, in terms of return on ad spend when you have the limits and other things like that, which is something I talk about with other people. And I that's why I started collecting my information on this. And I'll, I'll talk about that more in a bit. But essentially, if a person redeemed and got $1 a month, so $10 spent, got 10% back, um, that's $12 over, over the entire year. The associated value, if that could happen 10 years from now, just get on the back, that's a, about a $37 billion market cap. If we said that there's only 25% chance of that happening and a 75% chance of this company going to zero, the expected value is $9 billion. That is what I call a mispriced bet. I mean, I think it's easier to think in, per in terms of mispriced bets when you have the probabilities and associated things um, because the current market cap should take all the, the appropriate information, assign probabilities to it, uh, just like gambling, and come up with what you know the purchase price is. Same thing with insurance. Um, and so I, I think it's off. <laughs> um, and so if you think, if you think you know, consumer incentive is higher, 
well then the expected value goes up. If you think MEUs will be higher, if you think uh, the probability of this occurring is higher and the probability of going to zero is not th that low, or you think there's other scenarios that justify this um, and so that you don't allocate all 75% to the zero, like it just gets more and more interesting. I just feel like the margin of safety is huge, which is so funny when you talk to people and they're thinking this company is completely like, uh, you know, way overvalued. And then it's just like, I don't know. I. <laughs> It's, it's probably the most I have differed my thoughts or have differentiated thoughts compared to everyone else. That, and that, that to the point, I question myself. Um, but I try to understand where they're coming from, and I get it. I get it. They're not making money, right? They're, and it hasn't happened. Why hasn't it happened? And then that's why it's like, well, here's all the other things that have to happen first, and then we can, we can see what happens, right? The new UI, self-service, notifications, so forth. So what am I waiting for? Exactly what I just said. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm not doing anything until those things happen. What am I watching? I mean, typically there's a few metrics and if those improve, the business improves. And so uh, I care about the, the MAUs. Can those grow? I think so based on like the neobanks. I'm, I'm very interested in the consumer incentive redeemed. It's a function of awareness and engagement. Like, are you aware that there's even an offer section? Are you engaged and interacting? Maybe you will once there's a new UI and you actually understand what your offers are. The number of offers, so the bigger selection size, more to choose from. And then also there's probably more relevance. And then gross profit margin, that can increase because if the MAUs increase, if the, uh, all these new neobanks, if they want just lower revenue share if because they're, they're worried about just increasing their engagement, uh, well then gross profit margins could expand as well. So I think those are, those are the overall other components besides those other three things that I was talking about here that I'm kind of just monitoring. Um, what I'm not watching is just short term. Uh, like, like I'm not, here's the thing. This is the one thing I, I wanted, I guess I, I might not have said in the past. I'm not monitoring short-term management expectation or goals and then comparing that on a quarterly basis. Um, if I base my whole assessment of this investment opportunity based on management goals in their $500 million revenue target and uh, high to single digit uh, ARPU, I would not be interested in this investment. It would not be attractive related to other opportunities. Now here's the thing, and this is a good framework to think about. They haven't hit those yet, so that has to be a goal. And they should not go out and say, our ARPU goal is um, you know, just based on Austin Swanson and it's 160 <laughs> per, per person. Like that would be crazy, it wouldn't hit it. You can't say that, so you have to have these incremental uh, goals. Uh, but again, I think I think the re I'm always interested in businesses I can understand, which isn't a ton, right? And so the reason why I can understand this is I can go through these reverse DCF and say, what does the market cap uh, assume all users will hit? Oh, they assume they'll get a, a dollar forty-three, and I'm over here just alone getting you know eighty dollars, and my wife's at seventy, and left alone ninety-five dollars on Dosh, but I don't know how that's all calculated. But it's that's why I can sit here and have conviction is like. Is it reasonable that all users can get a dollar when I'm getting 80 and I don't even like spending money? I'm extremely frugal. Now, here's an interesting thought, though. Sidebar <laughs> is maybe that's why I like offers is because I like saving money. And maybe a lot of other people don't uh, like saving money. That's a weird statement. It's so weird I don't even think I can say it. I think central to this, I think everyone likes saving money. If you got offers and you saw them, like, hey, I can save 10% if I go to Starbucks today, uh, instead of Dunkin', like, why not, right? Or you're 20% if it's something like that. So. Okay, when would I be concerned? What are some indications of things that would you know that I'd be concerned about? I, this is something I try to really think about. This is not an exhaustive list. It might not be perfectly articulated, but I thought I'd share it. So, uh, with the number of banks and neo banks for MAU count, if we start losing contracts, losing the banks, or losing neo banks, that might be a bigger problem. That might be an issue with uh, like is there competitive advantage issues? Are the, the banks not benefiting? Is there something huge underlying? That would be scary. So, how do we monitor this? just monitor the company releases of what of the information they're getting or your own apps and seeing hey 
are the offer still there? <laughs> um, awareness levels. If there was delays and rejections in this whole new notifications that they talked about, um, that would decrease awareness of specific offers and then let alone, you know, less people are going to be redeeming offers because they don't even know they're there. So I can track that, say, hey, am I getting new notifications on Chase, Wells Fargo, or US Bank? Uh, engagement levels, if there's a delay in the rollout of the new user interface, uh, that would also decrease, you know, the engagement levels and offers redeemed and in ARPU. And so, again, I'm tracking that uh, based on my own Chase, Wells Fargo, and U.S. Bank app. My U.S. Bank app, I have not had the new user interface. I don't know if it's the same new user interface that was talked about yesterday. I think it is, and I think I'm a holdout group. And I think that even more so because when they said U.S. Bank is live, I didn't have it. And so I think I'm going to hold that group. And if I'm not, then I'm more concerned because the new interface is nothing like they discussed. So we'll see. Uh, other things I'd be concerned about, if, if advertisers just stopped advertising, not pausing, stopped advertising. Uh, we could track that based on our own offers. Maybe management talks about it. Uh, but this would concern me because it's like, is this not attractive to them? Are they not going to be using this in the future? Is there something underlying this that the return on ad spends are not what they say they are? Or, or this isn't working because it, it, the users aren't liking this, uh, but I'm tracking my own offers and the logos that, the, that I post on the website and the investor presentation. Um, I, I become obsessed with this stuff that you have to track. Uh, but I love it. That's why I do this. Uh, another thing I'm tracking is if there was bad reception by the agencies with the self-service platform. Um, if we start seeing decreases in the numbers of advertisers using it, if it wasn't increasing anymore, if, you know, the ad, from the offers, if I can associate which ad agency it is, which is something I do, if we start seeing less utilization from them, that'd be concerned. Like VaynerMedia, that's something that I track closely. And if I don't see offers from them, I, I when I have in the past, I get a little nervous. Um, I would get a little nervous. I have th th these are the, just what I'm looking for. And then if we just had you know lower utilization such as an ARPU consumers uh, incentive. So what am I seeing though? Okay, we have all these things that I'd be concerned about. What am I actually seeing? Is the company getting better? And so looking at all this, I, I tried to adjust and say, okay, this this whole framework is in regards to we had Q2 2021 earnings. We had this supposedly all this new information. Um, I have things I'd be concerned about. Did anything come out that would make me concerned? First thing, number of banks or neobanks. Did we lose any? No, apparently we got 14 new ones with one innovative one. I don't think it's Square Cash App, which I would love, or PayPal, because they would have said larger well-known, I think. Uh, if they come out and it's one of those, I'll be excited. Um, and then prior, if we take a wider lens, um, Investor Day, they said they're working with Venmo to expand to all users, which would be 70 million uh, users, potentially. So overall, we're not losing you know, MAUs or banks or uh, uh, neobanks. Awareness levels, um, you know, wider lens. They already discussed that they're trying to increase awareness through notifications. Um, people have said to me, they don't own the channel. They can't do it. Here's the thing. I can get push. I get push notifications from Chase, um, from Chase, not from it. It says from Chase. Hey, you redeemed an offer. So push notifications are working. Uh, they also send uh, emails uh, or emails about redeemed offers. So it doesn't seem inconceivable that they could send a push notification for an offer. That's my thought because uh, they're already doing it. And especially there's a, a spot to opt out of that. So, and there's spots to opt out of offers in general, uh, which is also central to the theme of people saying like, oh, they're having going to have da uh, data privacy concerns. There's a spot to opt out. That's that's usually how they do it. If you look at what was it, California, the California, it's one with the California privacy protection uh, with the data, uh, and they have to like state which data they're using if they're selling it. Uh, this is something I spent a lot of time looking at. Usually, they just have to give the option to opt out. That's much different than making people opt in. That because of friction. Engagement levels, uh, you know, we had prior wider lens, investor day, they talked about increased engagement with US Bank. Uh, I, and then in terms of what I can look at today, there was nothing during the earnings call 
but again, I, I'm not on the new UI yet with US Bank, so I'm just I'm a little, I'm, a little qu I'm questioning that. Uh, attractiveness to current advertisers. So we know that things are getting paused um, and not stopped, and I think that's that that that's a signal. And again, we're having COVID and all these other factors, so we need to wait till this is done to be have the, uh, the appropriate assessment. Um, I mean, I have seen less offers based on, and that's similar to what the comments, and I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but I've I've also seen you know advertisers that have been on the platform for a while and they've came back and they've done you know new logos, they've tried um, uh, new offer amounts, all these other things. So I think the current advertisers are still utilizing the platform and see the value. Uh, new offers, I, we're having we, again. We, they just announced that or new, yeah, new offers. We're seeing adoptions by new advertisers. We just went, if you take a wider lens, we were at only two agencies. One was VaynerMedia, and I can't remember the other one, like Verizon, uh, that were using the self-serve platform. And now we have 27. So that dramatically increases the amount of uh, people that are uh, ad agencies, and then the corresponding even higher amount that of advertisers that they serve. So this could increase. I mean, it seems like the adoption is you know increasing, and so we'll have to watch that. And as I said, I'm, I'm tracking VaynerMedia specifically. Uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, I followed him for a while. Uh, he's someone who knew about, you know, thought about Facebook and, and Twitter ahead of everybody else and advertising on there. Same thing with TikTok. And so, you know, if he's ahead of everyone there and I see them advertising, especially with like American Eagle um, and doing a lot of different things. I've seen stuff on Carlytics where they're trying new logos. On, on Dosh, they've been advertising uh, with, you know, separate logos, the same logo. They've been doing the, like, the time-bound flash sales on Dosh. Like, they're trying a lot of things which is great to see. So now, again, taking a wider lens, if we saw no more offers from any of their companies that they support, that's where I start, I, I'd be worried, I think. I, I'd, I'd have to wait it out. I mean, I can't draw, I'm not gonna just sell my entire position if that doesn't happen, but maybe that that's Bayesian inference. Here's some new data, adjust my probabilities, because why are they not utilizing this when I know that they're like on the forefront of digital advertising compared to all the other agencies? Um, so that'd be interesting. Uh, utilization of, of, of users, data that we got from uh, the earnings presentation. I mean, ARPU stays about the same. I mean, if we compare, you don't want to really compare it to, you know, year over year because of COVID. But if you compare two years ago, yes, it was higher, but there was a much larger NAU base. And so you have a denominator effect where it's revenue divided by uh, users. And so as users increase, ARPU decreases. And so we're, we're, I think we're fine. You can't tell much from that. Uh, but utilize, uh, utilization by myself and others have been increasing as there's been new offers and from new advertisers and you have more chance of having uh, more engagement or, or having more relevant offers. And so again, that's why we're waiting for that self-service platform. So they wrote all these offers on this. And so it increases the probability of those being redeemed. So what am I doing? Honestly, I mean, this quarter gave no significant information that I saw that changed the long-term value of the company. If anything, those disclosures of the neobanks are increasing the intrinsic value in certain scenarios. So when in calculating that intrinsic value and comparing it to price and assessing the management and the business qualities and factoring, uh, you know, even more quantitative factors and qualitative factors and comparing that and coming up with a score and comparing that to other opportunities, Carlytics is just, it's hard to beat. It's interesting. <laughs> Uh, and so I have actually at this time increased my position. And as you may say, but it's the same price it was in May and then in prior periods. Why would you do it now? Other positions have increased. And so the opportunity cost is more attractive. I've come into more cash because I've been selling uh, investment properties and trying to reinvest. And um, 
there's potentially a higher expected value based on the new information that we got. So last thing, validity and management's guidance and comments. So everyone's concerned. They said, wow, guidance was here. They overpromised and underdelivered. Same story, same, you know, every single time. Uh, but as I said before, I'm just going to reiterate it. I am not watching or monitoring based on short-term management expectation uh, and then comparing on a, a monthly, quarterly basis. If I base my assessment on the investment opportunity on the goals of management, I would not even be interested in this company. Um, and it's so hard to assume what's going to happen the next quarter. <laughs> I mean, like, it, I, I couldn't do it. And, and let alone what's interesting, if I can pull this up quick on Carlyrics' website. I don't remember seeing this before. I know they have all the... the that they contact the, the Cardlytics whistleblower hotline. And I think if I went through and looked at the whistleblower session, I think it's regarding financial statements. So I don't know if something happened. I know there's all this, the, you know, there's supposed like lawsuits and investigations that happen with over large price declines and stuff. But anyways, quarterly, quarter to quarter, my goodness, I cannot, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I, for To predict that with any degree of accuracy, let alone during COVID, I'm not worried. Uh, but another comment by management that was questioned by others. So, Let's read it. We believe advertisers spent less than we forecasted for three reasons. First, there were labor shortages. True. I mean, everyone I talked to through all my family, there, uh, from my mom or my sister, uh, my father-in-law, all having shortages in labor um, and having problems hiring. Second, retailers and restaurants had supply chain issues. I mean, that I, I know less about, uh, but they had examples. And third, there was an increase in consumer demand, reducing the need for advertising with uh, several key clients. That makes sense, especially with travel. If travel demand is way up uh, and people are going to uh, go no, no matter what, why have an offer, right? I stayed in multiple hotels <laughs> in the last couple months. Uh, I didn't have an offer because I didn't need one. I needed to just stay somewhere. So, And as a result, some marketing budgets across our client base were actually paused. So to me, these make sense, uh, but I wanted to compare it to my own data, right? So I've been aggregating my results and uh, make, try to, I've been mostly doing to try to estimate like ARPU and you know, use gross merchandise value, consumer sentiments, return on ad spend, and do a lot of just playing around. So if you look at my myself and my wife's, you know, offers, and again, I know I keep saying I'm biased, but in a way, I'm just more aware of these offers, and I'm more engaged because of that. But you see, it's, I have a trend that's actually kind of similar, right? So if I compare Q1 to Q2, there are a number of offers I went that I've redeemed, went from 29 to 14. And so you could say, you could look at one way and be like, well, let me just walk through all this, right? And so not only did uh, the number of offers decrease, but so did uh, like the total consumer incentive redeemed quarter over quarter. And so you had this increase from Q4 to Q1, and then from Q1 to Q2, it made a decrease. I also broke this out by all the categories. And so the color coding is just trying to show relevance, if you, just to quickly look at this, right? And so restaurant followed the same thing. We had an increase from Q4 to Q1, and then a decrease going to Q2. So that might explain some of the comments such as, um, retailers and restaurants had supply chain issues so maybe there was less offers and so then i went less right but one of the interesting things that's a little bit different here is e-commerce e uh e-commerce i said that really weird e-commerce now i'm in my head and i can't even say it e-commerce e-commerce e <laughs> uh that had one of the mo the largest declines and so did travel right no more offers this one was uh hyatt I didn't have any like hotels later on, so and I went to them. I might have went to uh, you know Hilton or Marriott or a different one if I had an offer, but I didn't even have one. So that that's also in line with you know increased demand because I was traveling. Uh, but with the e e-commerce is on Carlyx website, they put let me see I have it. 
uh, e-commerce, jeez, I just need to stop saying it. DoorDash is under that category. And that was almost solely all of my redemption in that category. But going into Q2, I still got those offers. My wife, my wife included, my, uh, my friends, family. I just didn't use them because now that, you know, I'm vaccinated, the weather's better. I just didn't have reason to use it. And so that is not in line exactly with uh, management comments. So, but that's all to say, this is a very small sample size. And this, I mean, can't confirm or deny any of the comments, right? Uh, but I thought it was a great excuse to finally use this data. I've been, <laughs> I've been holding on, collecting, aggregating. I have this huge Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, I, I got to make use of it. So <laughs> uh, it's very possible I have an incorrect assessment of Carlytics. Uh, I fear that because I talk about this all the time, I'm posting on Twitter, Substack, YouTube, that I'm just creating and pounding this into my head and having to commit a bias. Uh, that's why for years, I've, I, you know, as I've been investing, I never talked about it. I didn't talk about it to anyone, didn't, didn't make anything public. But however, I think that there's a lot of benefits uh, from hearing from others and what you guys think about. And that's why I post my thoughts and try to be as vulnerable as I can. And I also think by concretely just writing this down, I don't have the jumps in my head. And I, I, I make those points better. I have to think through everything. And I think that outweighs the negatives. Um, and so uh, of a bias that I at least even recognize is there. So with Carlytics... Things are not perfect, but if they were, they're probably not being an investment opportunity here, right? And at the end of the day, it's not about finding the biggest or best company. It's about finding the best investment. If it was about finding the best company, you'd be invested in, I'm not going to say, I know we're having an argument about that, but it'd be easier to look at some very large mar uh, 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 market cap companies and be like, these are amazing best companies. But that, because everyone else recognizes that, uh, it, then there's no opportunity um, for excise returns all right so that's what i'm looking for i want the best investment possible so hope you enjoyed this uh, again first link down below uh, make sure you subscribe to my Substack. that way you get the email notification uh, right away when i release these it also has been a nice indicator of whether or not people enjoy these uh, or just let me know either on youtube on twitter i like i like engaging uh, with everybody so thank you so much for watching hope there was something useful in here and i'll see you in the next one thanks everyone